Hey, welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm Bob Fournier. Joining me as always, we have Lou Page. Hello. Murphy. Hey. <sighs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. All right, so at a bad E3, Super NES game, guys. Come on. It was really good. It's kind of bad. No, so, it's not. It's good. All so right. So at, uh, at, at E3. <laughs> at, Don't get your trick. Don't. Ryan, what are you doing? Lou, are you eating over there? You're eating for cabbage, but my cabbage is always fun. I don't care what you have for... Ryan, put that down. God damn it, man. I know, I know. (laughs) All right. I will shut that shit down. I am King Ezekiel. Welcome to the King. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. But we're broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp Command Center here in beautiful Vermont, where it was winter like last week, and now it's fall again. Mm. I am Bob Fournier, and joining me tonight, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. Hello. Okay, never mind. Lou's not here. <laughs> but Ryan is here. Ryan, how are you? Yay. I'm good. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to try to be offended. I, I'm not offended that you introduce someone who's not here first, because it's just <laughs> not... Zamp without the busy zombie lord, uh, to yeah. So we, it's unfortunate he's unable to be here tonight. He will be back next week, hopefully, to discuss uh, all the things there are to discuss. I mean, I'm not jumping ahead or anything because it's not in the notes. But I just realized, Bob, it's yeah. November, and yeah. November has been pitched as the month that we get season three of Telltale's The Walking Dead. I mean, I've heard we're a little bit like. <clears throat> just swarmed with content that is the walking dead including the fact that i started playing uh the walking dead no man's land again uh, yeah pretty feverishly and i started a guild so if anyone wants to join the zamp guild i think i don't even know how you join i think you have to request uh to join and it's um uh it's just zamp so if you search zamp there are 20 slots for some reason i guess it's limited to um, and you can join, and uh, the official guild for Zombies Ate My Podcast, join Ryan and maybe Bob, because he just said he downloaded it, as he enters the world of The Walking Dead on iOS. I hear there ain't no fast food joints. There ain't no fast food joints. Yeah, see? I knew that. I, I knew I'd heard it somewhere. Um, the cool thing is, actually, and I, I, the reason I got back into it was, I'm just all over The Walking Dead now, but um, they have season seven specific missions that you can do where you actually get to play as Negan, Rick, Carol, Morgan, like these hero characters that are usually yeah. reserved for like hundred dollar bundles, but you just get to you know, test ride them in these missions. And there's um, one that unlocks each week and it's based on the episode that you just watched. Uh, and there's a lot of cool rewards and it's just, it's free to play done, right? Like there's a plethora of content in the game and you can choose what you want to do and, I don't. I have no reason to see why I should put money into it just yet, but I'm I'm enjoying it. And if you want to join the guild, uh, I don't know what that does besides add another name to the guild. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool, is what it does. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there hey, you go. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I downloaded that I spent a dollar on. What did you spend a dollar on, Bob? Uh, I have an Apple iPhone. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. And so the newest update came out with uh, you can get what they call stickers oh no are there walking dead stickers <laughs> there are walking dead stickers what so i know this 99 percent of the time when people text message me they either get a picture of negan with a baseball bat that says just keep talking or uh a, a, an abraham mustache outline um there there's all sorts of fun little comic book it's all from the comic books not the tv show uh. um but it's it's pretty fun so uh Anyone with an iPhone, <laughs> it's worth a dollar. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I'm gonna load up. I'm gonna load up uh, the the no fast food joints pretty soon here, and I'm gonna try and join the Zamp Guild. 
Did you know there was a tactical runner for Fear the Walking Dead? No. I, I didn't know that either. I just searched The Walking Dead on the... On the um, uh, there's a lot of Walking Dead content on the iOS store, uh, including... There's there's two big iOS games now. There's Walking Dead No Man's Land, which is one I'm playing, and there's Walking Dead Road to Survival, which yeah. is like an RPG, but that one's based on the comics, whereas the No Man's Land is based on the AMC show. AMC show. <laughs> the AMC show. AMC show. Uh, I need to get hey. those stickers. Hey. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, it's fun little. It's every time I message people, it's always a sticker of some sort back because I'm apparently twelve. But uh, hey, that's all good. Um, we should probably jump into some of the news because I got some stuff to say about some of our news this week, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, also, don't know where the news button is, so you're gonna get this. Porn to be quick. You trying to make pancakes? Oh. Uh, I, st- I still miss them a little bit. I, I miss them both. Just a, just a little bit. All right. <clears throat> so, George Romero, the zombie lord himself. No, that's Lou. My bad. George Romero. He's the not-so-busy zombie lord. He's the not-as-busy right now zombie <laughs> lord. He's the... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, he said, Brad Pitt in The Walking Dead killed zombies. Now, I will start off by saying he is correct. Both The Walking Dead and Brad Pitt... Brad Pitt, they they did kill some zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's but an that's accurate not statement. He, that's Moving not on. what he meant, Ryan. Oh, he uh, he basically said, uh, well, I believe the exact quote was, "I think really Brad Pitt killed it." And then he said uh, um, something about The Walking Dead too. The Walking uh, Dead and Brad Pitt just sort of killed it all. Yeah, just sort of killed it all. Um, and then he went along to say, uh, along comes Brad Pitt, and he spends $400 million or whatever the hell to do with World War Z. Max Brooks is a friend of mine, and I thought the film was not at all representative what the book was, and the zombies were, I don't know, ants crawling over the wall in Israel. Army ants. You might as well make the naked jungle. I, I don't get that. No. Um, but that just shows that Romero may have you know, lost a few marbles along the way. Um, what do you think of this, Ryan? He's quite upset. (laughs) Yeah, um, I am one of those people who enjoys the zombie genre for what it is now, and I will always respect where zombies came from and Romero's work, his early work, not his latest work. I mean, honestly, I think if you, if, if The Walking Dead and even the World War Z movie with Brad Pitt didn't exist... Like, say yeah. we live in a universe where those movies and that, that or that TV show, those TV shows and those movies don't exist, um, and you just have George A. Romero making films, he would have killed the zombie genre, because his recent movies are terrible. Yeah. So, I think you have to, he has to kind of suck it up and, and just hand the baton over, or at least give it up, because he, you can't call something shit when all your stuff is shit. Like, well, you know, yeah, my my thing with it is <clears throat> when he says um, the whole it's more about the message for me. It's not about the gore. It's not about the horror. I'm like, but that's what The Walking Dead is about. And yes, it is gory. And yes, there is horror. And that does keep us entertained as fans. And I think whether he admits it or not in his movies, mm-hmm. the gore is what's entertaining as well. Um, it's... The Walking Dead has that message of survival and what it really means to be in an apocalyptic world, right? Um, that I think, and then like he even went on to say, like in Night of the Living Dead, we didn't even call them zombies. And I'm like, no, they don't call them zombies in The Walking Dead either. No, no, they don't. It's it, it just kind of bothers me because I'm not sure if he's just out there just saying it because he's not big anymore. I don't know. It's don't know it's old man yells at clouds. Is, is what we're basically, the story sums up yeah. to, I think. it's uh, Which is sad, because I know um, I know Lou is a big fan of his early work, and I, I can appreciate it for what it was when it came out. But I am the new zombie fan. Like, I like the new stuff. I enjoyed World War Z for what it was, you know? Which is a tolerable zombie film in theaters. We don't get them a lot. Once a year, at best. So yeah. the fact that he and his movies don't even go to theater anymore. So I think him saying those two killed it, it's quite the opposite. 
they've been keeping it alive. You know, uh, the only reason people are still interviewing him is because, I like the zombie genre is still alive and well. He he. No, they they thought it was uh, George Lucas <laughs> or Stan Lee. Like, oh, let's interview this yeah, guy, Stan Lee. And he's like, no, 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 that's George A. Romero. Don't even. Oh, you got. He's gonna talk to us about World War Z <laughs> now. Way to go. Yeah, now I gotta listen to him. Now I gotta write an article up because he knows how to use the internet. And he's like, where's the article? It's like, great. Great. I don't know. I think uh, that story caught my eye because it's basically just we've been giving him a hard time. So I thought yeah. we would continue. Well, I don't know. I It does bother. I'd like to get Lou's opinion on it because Lou's obviously a fan of a lot of classic zombie stuff. But he also is a fan of a lot of the new stuff. So... Maybe next week we can ask him what his thoughts are on. Uh, I almost called him Stanley <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Stan Romero's, Romero's latest reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I always know when you do the news because there's always Canada news in the news. <laughs> um, so Canada's first indigenous zombie film uh, is garnering international attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really because I didn't know anything about it. Well, I mean, as much as a short film will garner attention, I think it's. It's interesting. It's based um, out of a uh, fly-in First Nation reserve, which sounds—I don't know what—I don't know what that means. It sounds to me like it's—it's uh, it's a reserve only accessible by 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 flying in. I guess maybe I'm wrong, um, but it's a—it's an interesting short film called Resilience, as in res, as in reservation, which is what we call uh-huh. the reses. Um, and I, I think they—it's a common phrase in the states as well, right? Mm-mm. No? Okay. I'm just uh, giving you a hard time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyways, this film well, is actually, gar- as we said, garnering international sort of attention because it's going to be playing. Uh, it's playing in four countries now and will be playing in Hollywood this November at the LA Skins Fest. Uh, it's just, it's interesting to see the zombie genre done in a bunch of different ways and sort of, you know, touching uh, as the... Uh, the director said, uh, touching on a whole slew of issues affecting First Nations, Inuit, and many people uh, across this country through the lens of the zombie genre. We just talked about George A. Romero saying, yeah. you know, we want to see, he always told a story. And this is one of those examples of a zombie film telling a story, bringing light to uh, a culture that isn't really given the limelight these days, even in our own country. I mean, when you mentioned First Nations, Inuit, and, and Menti, that's like, those are three cultures that just don't get the type of limelight that they deserve in our country. Uh, and I, and the same can be said across the board in other countries too, where I'm sure there are, there are groups of people that could use the, the highlight and, you know, combining it with the zombie genre is kind of what the zombie genre is all about, you know, bringing light to yeah. other topics through the, um, sort of entertainment of, you know, mindless zombies tearing other humans apart, like, George A. Romero was right. Like, telling a story is important. I think that's why World War Z sort of fell flat, because they don't tell a story. It was just, it was World War Z. It was a bunch of zombies. And and near the end, it kind of got to a point, but they didn't tell a story throughout. Uh, which yeah. So I agree with him on that. But it's just interesting to see other genres come through uh, that's different from most of the ways we've seen the zombie genre sort of applied to different things and different topics. Um so yeah, I, I wanted to put this in here. It's it's interesting. And have you watched it? I have not watched it. I have not yet. I, I want to though. It looks really interesting. I think right now there's only a trailer. Uh, I don't know if the short film's online anywhere. It looks like uh, it's just they're just doing the film fests now. Yeah. So this whole thing, uh, how how pumped are you going to be if they turn it into a full length movie? I think it'd be interesting because honestly, one of my favorite zombie films is another Canadian one, which was Pontypool. I thought that was really cool and really well done. And uh, I'm biased, but I think Canadian creators are very creative. <laughs> so uh, I want to see more of this stuff, and I want to see more more of this type of uh, of genre bending for the zombie films. And honestly, if you've listened to Zombies in my podcast, you know we're very Walking Dead heavy because that's where most of the news is coming out. Like this show yeah. sort of depends on that, 
on that property and uh, AMC you know noted that and produced a spin-off for us to be able to cover it year round so <laughs> that's why they did it I still I still think that's why they did it yeah I, I think They're so like, too wow these guys are, these guys are pretty good uh, we got to get them going all year <laughs> so I, I think that's just why I'm excited when when I can find a news story that isn't just you know, someone said something about Walking Dead or something's happening on the next episode of Walking Dead or or even at the top of the show when we mentioned the Walking Dead video games. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really dominating the zombie genre. And I know a lot of people who write in and say, like, hey, there's a lot of other zombie content. And that's true. Uh, and I don't know. This just this caught my eye when I was looking for news. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I want to see more uh, of this type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully it goes well then, and we maybe we can watch it and report on it too. Yeah, I, maybe, you know what? If it ever comes out, dig star. it up. Why don't you ever star in any of these movies? Because I'm I am, may live in Canada, but I'm not in. You know, I've driven through Pontypool, but maybe ten years too late. So listen, I I know for a fact that Canada is one small condensed country. I listen to Scott Johnson's podcast. Oh yeah, he's a resident expert. Every, everything is 10 minutes away. Well, the thing is this is uh this uh resilience is based out of northern Ontario, which which is either a 16-hour drive or a, a couple hour f- uh, plane flight, so. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what else we got to talk about before we get into the Walking Dead? Oh, what's that? That's true. It's a new punch. Uh, I dig it. So what are we doing, Bob? Uh, I didn't do shit, Ryan. Oh, perfect. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so what's happening is, and the reason you heard the Resident Evil is that Extra Life was a resounding success. The event was October 29th. We raised uh, $2,500 in the name of Sick Kids Foundation out of Toronto. And Zamp was a huge part of that. We were able to raise... $250 total in the name of Zamp, which means I'm going to watch every Resident Evil movie for Ryan Goes to the Movies. We'll come back to that in a bit. Uh, I have purchased a copy of Zombies on a Plane for every member of the crew, as well as one extra copy to give away when we cover it. So we will be playing Zombies on a Plane. Mm. Also, we will all be watching Absolute Zombies and doing an audio commentary. Look forward to that at some point in the next uh, couple months. Uh, we're just yeah. trying to nail a schedule down. <clears throat> and finally, a user poll, which will be going live in the next couple weeks once we collect uh, some more user-generated content. So if you have any ideas for what you'd like us to cover on the show, it can be as wild as you want. We'll put it in a poll. We'll put it up for a week. And we'll see what you guys choose for our final stretch goal at $250. So that's Extra Life. Without further ado, let's get into Ryan Goes to the Movies. <laughs> I watched Resident <clears throat> Evil this weekend. Halloween yeah, so Night uh, uh, as well. Uh, it was Halloween many, Night. How many of these? There's six or seven now, right? There are Who's six. Okay. So the goal so, is to watch the first five before the sixth six comes out in theaters in the new year. Uh, and I will go see Resident Evil, the final chapter, in theaters. So... You watch Resident Evil, and uh, I, I will be honest. I actually, um, I actually did too. Oh, cool! Well, I figured uh, it was just going to be you and I on the show and be awkward if I don't remember what happened in the movie. Um, <laughs> so, what did was this your first time viewing it? You've seen it before, right? I, I have seen it before. Resident Evil, the original movie, um, holds a special place in my <laughs> heart as one of my favorite video game movies from that time period you know you had and they were they were the the good bad video game movies where they weren't like great movies but they were tolerable in the video game to film genre you know Mortal Kombat was up there Tomb Raider Resident Evil it was that sort of series of films that sort of jumped above the garbage that was Dungeons and Dragons and um other such failures but um Resident Evil was rated R in Canada uh, when it came out. I was unable to go see it in theaters. Uh, I w- <laughs> they would not let me in. Um, so funny. Yeah, uh, I I remember trying to download a copy of it on uh, <laughs> dial-up, <laughs> and 
you know, being a kid, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So I'm downloading yeah. this movie. It came in two parts. It only played in Windows Media Player, and it was like a cam. <laughs> and at this point, I had no idea what it was. So I was just like, if this is the way I have to watch it, I'll watch it. And I remember um, the file got corrupted or something. I was able to watch the first little bit, and I clearly remember like just the intro with the elevator and, and sort of the introduction to the yep. film and then finally i was able to go see the whole thing in at a drive-in because drive-ins d- could give two shits about uh showing a movie <laughs> to underage kids yeah so i watched it in a drive-in and and um that's sort of the history behind the film but i i watched it again halloween night um a couple things i noticed nudity there is nudity in this film uh <laughs> book ending the film you think <clears throat> you think you would have noticed that when you were a younger spry teenager yeah, like, well, you think that would have stuck out to you? I, I think it did, but the pixels probably got in the way. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that a cam copy that you had. Yeah, and then in the drive-in, your parents are there, and you're just like, oh, God, you know, because I saw it with my parents because I was that type of child. But uh, you know, I was basically we have we have about forty trick or treaters come through, and they're all little kids, and I wanted to keep the windows open because so I could see kids come through, so I could you know pause the film and go get the door. But then every time I pause it, it would always be in a, at a point where there's, like, either gore on scene or, like, um, freaking Mila Jovovich is, like, running around with sheets pasted over her nips or, or nipples or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said nips. That's such a terrible word. Um, but, yeah, like, it was a... Uh, I like the film. I thought it, they, they nailed the... Um, they nailed the zombies as Resident Evil zombies. I think they, they, they hit it on the head. Uh, they nailed the sort of sort of you have to sever the spinal cord or trauma to the head in terms of resident evil they nail that um the liquor at the end is uh both good and bad the prosthetics look fantastic the cg Uh, terrible yeah they don't really hold up very well do they no the cg is like this is like oh four so it's it's tolerable cg but when you get up close it's just it's like it it it, you can tell it's layered, and, and it kind of doesn't show very well. Huh. Um, but no, the dogs, uh, the dog makeup, um, you could tell it was like layered dog, you know, it was actual prosthetics. So yeah. But I still thought, you know, they, they, they did a good job with the dogs, which is a classic Resident Evil uh, yep. monster. Um, the story is uh, is also okay. You know, in terms of let's make a movie based on a game, but not the story that's in the game. Let's do our own thing. I think that works well. You know, bookending with Raccoon City being sort of a crater at this point. Um, or no, I guess that's the end of the second one. But, you know, it ends with her with shotgun, Raccoon City. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. And I think it's, it's you can super go back to it and enjoy it as a, as a Resident Evil film. Do you agree? Or, like, how did you feel when you watched it again? So when I watched it again... <clears throat> I said, uh, what the hell am I watching? Um, it has I, that feeling, doesn't it? Like when you're watching it, 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 it feels very it's off. No, it, it's not. <clears throat> you have to really separate the game. Because like, I, I remember my biggest problem when I watched the movie back when, when it came out. So you and I had similar problems. I think I talked about it on the show before. But when I went to buy the first Resident Evil game for Sega Saturn... Um, I was actually too young to buy it. I had to have my mom buy it at Walmart for me. And uh, she had no idea what was going on. But, um, so, like, obviously I was a huge fan of the Resident Evil franchise for the longest time. And when the movie got announced and was coming out, I was like, oh, yeah. I can't wait. And I was, for some reason, I was expecting, um, if you remember the first Resident Evil where they had the live-action cutscenes. I don't know if you remember that. But I was expecting that. (laughs) And, uh. Did not get terrible that. Terrible dialogue. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, some of that. Um, but overall, that laser scene really just sticks with me. <laughs> um, it's gross, eh? It's wicked gross. But it's not a bad film if you can separate the actual game from, you know, the 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 movie. And I know there's some crossover and there's some it's the mansion and all that other stuff, but... It's definitely different, and um, then you have to kind of go back and start really thinking about 
the Resident Evil games <laughs> and how maybe the movie does kind of tie in with those a little bit more than what you think. Because, like, you got to try and remember and go back and, like, uh, I forgot there was a point in time where you're, in one of the Resident Evil games you're running around, a, like, someplace where there's a shark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I was Giant like... Giant snake. Yeah, you're like, uh, maybe maybe they're both just as cheesy. <laughs> but, oh, no, the games are... are the stories <clears throat> in the games are... Even, like, in the first three, when they're not trying to be campy they're just they're trying to tell a story and there's monsters and there just so happens to be some monsters but four goes off the chain and it's like no we're just gonna go crazy and it's a virus and it just affects everything yeah when you when you compare the movies to the games i think the wackiness of the story is comparable in that they're both terrible premises of like this virus but but the movie i think does a great job of just being like no it's a virus that is that's just turns people into zombies and um, we did some extra experimentation on, you know, dog, not even dogs, but on the liquor. The liquor was the only thing that sort of appears as this mutation, right? Everything else is just, is just mutated flesh. Like the, the dogs and the zombies are just reanimated flesh. Yeah. Um, it, it, for some reason, like decomposes the dogs quite quickly, but yeah, I, um, I just really enjoyed it as a film to go back to and and i think it might be half remembering the love i had for it prior to watching it and half not looking forward to watching the rest of them because i know they like as lou put it at least the first one is tolerable (laughs) when i told him i was watching it (laughs) that's what he said right it was remember the first one's tolerable (laughs) when did this come out like 2004 was it oh four i thought it was back in like oh two so i i'm pretty Ah, uh, now I'm now I'm not now I think it is oh f- two, and then after it was two years afterwards where what's the next one Apocalypse Apocalypse yeah yeah I think that was like two years after wasn't it like there's a long time between sequels I'm pretty sure it's just crazy yeah so you're right it was oh two and oh two was also the year that we got the remake on GameCube which is why I was so pumped uh, yes. to see this movie because that was the first Resident Evil game I played. Was the because re- I was always a Nintendo person. I, I remember I p- tried to play two on the N sixty four, and it just it was I was not having it. But um, it's crazy to think that nearly every two years we've gotten a Resident Evil sequel. Uh, yeah. Every two to three years we got Resident Evil two o two Apocalypse o four. Then it goes to the three year cycle of Extinction and Afterlife o seven twenty ten. Then Retribution in twenty twelve. I have not seen Afterlife or Retribution which is crazy to me because i i don't know it's just it's weird to think that they still make these movies and and sure if they do resident evil the final chapter like what's the chances of them rebooting it like you think they they reboot it no uh, i don't know i don't know if (laughs) you can i don't think so um i just think resident evil is too so did you see the the, kind of the trailer for Resident Evil 7. Oh, the you game? played it, didn't you? Yeah, didn't you played it, right? I did play it, yeah. What did you think of that? That's a reboot. Like, the, yeah. tr- the game that I played is not Resident Evil. It's it's the new take on Resident Evil. And the fact that they're calling it Resident Evil 7 is probably just some character tie-in to continue the franchise. But they're doing something new with the with the game. So Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. These movies... So this is the final chapter is the one that's coming out, right? Like, is it the final chapter or is it the... <laughs> it's called the final chapter. Do you, do you feel like maybe they're like, okay, we'll green light one more movie, but it has to be... You have to name it the final chapter and you have to... It has to be the, the end. final chapter. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I just pulled up the IMDb page uh, and it says, uh, picking up immediately after the events of Resident Evil Retribution, which I haven't seen either... Um, <clears throat> humanity is on its last legs in Washington, D.C. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if they'll meet up with Abraham and Eugene. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, it, I don't know. This whole, I remember them getting worse from, and I think I agree with Lou, I think they get worse from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching one where there was a bunch of copies of, of Alice. I don't remember which one that was, but... Uh, I think at the end of ex- 
extinction, they unveil yeah. that she's a clone, and then the There's next a... one, Afterlife, is like a bunch of her. Yeah, that's they what get I away. Think I... They they go they they dive into the. And I mean, we're gonna be talking about Resident Evil for the next month and a bit, but they dive huh. super hard into the Alice stuff and the mutations yeah. and the and the the other crazy stuff that I'm sure Umbrella is doing in in the game series, but just fall away from what we love about Resident Evil, which is are the zombies, the zombies, and the campy story of why yeah. this company is continuing to just fail humanity. Uh, but yeah, the first one's tolerable, and it ends on a super cheesy like oh, yeah. video game cliffhanger, like put them in the Nemesis program, take her to Raccoon City. You know, it's like, oh my god, the next one is going to be Resident Evil 2, you know, like... Uh, yeah. And it really wasn't. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you got Jill Valentine, though, I think, right? That was pretty fun. Yeah, and Nemesis and uh, some yeah. weird person who's a comedian that just they hammer in for comedic effect, and it's just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember well, the guy. I think it killed his career. <laughs> so it was good though it was good to get the first one out of the way and uh are you gonna try and watch apocalypse or whatever it's called by the end of next week by uh, next week's show i'll be watching one a week until right. uh until we have wrapped that up and so next week apocalypse i am not looking forward to it i might i might try to watch it sooner rather than later because i feel like uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Hey, speaking of zombie video games, before we get on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. uh, good friend of the show, Michael Cole, uh, oh, buddy yeah. of mine, uh, you know, yesterday, or the other, uh, yesterday, um, last weekend, but um, we were we were chatting on Discord and uh, said, let's play something different, you know? So we started with uh, H1Z1, King of the Kill, and uh, I said, it's too bad you don't have Contagion. He goes, I do. Oh. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, let's try it. So... You know, Lou and I played Contagion, and we didn't make it very far. <laughs> uh, Mike and I played Contagion, and I got to tell you, we were probably about an hour into one of the campaigns, and it was I, I had a blast. Um, you know, I had a blast playing with Lou, too, but to get further into the story and, like, actually play the game, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I just, I just want to throw that out there. It was, it was a good time playing with Mike, and hopefully... Uh, we get to play again. Maybe I'll I'll record it this time and put it up on the on the YouTube channel again. Cool. Well, but, I would love to see more of that because I remember my time with it was early beta. Like so, yeah. I need to go back and check it out. And it's something I experienced recently on our extra life stream, like going back to Killing Floor, and uh, yeah, it was yeah, no, it was a lot of it, fun. It's good. It's matchmaking still a little wonky, but man, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. But anyway. I just want to throw that out there and a little shout out to Mike. It was fun. It was a good time. Cool. All right. Let's get into this week's Walking Dead. I hope that's not what you're walking away from. So what if I am? Maybe you don't have to. I made my own world here. I found a way to deal with the bad by going a little overboard with all the good. I just embraced the contradiction. Maybe you could, too, in your own way. Like, maybe you could go and not go. Yeah, I sound like a crazy person. I get it. You know, maybe I am. But I think I can help. If you let me. Why do you care? Because it makes me feel good. get your stuff together find somebody i trust to meet you at the gates you can go and and not go we'll see if i'm on to something or if it's just more bullshit what do you say what do you say ryan what do you say i say the walking dead is back everybody (laughs) Um, is what i heard all like the, the the people who decided to come back to the walking dead this was sort of the an- this episode was the answer to okay we know a lot of people are going to be threatening to quit the show so let's give them a, an episode that's you know got some humor still deals with the savior issue introduce some new fan favorites talks about characters that people like it's got everything you need for a good walking dead episode without people dying so and then you got 
And then you got people like Lou that are sitting there going, I don't know what the hell's going on in the most wonderful way. Um, and that clip, honestly, I, when I first saw it, I was like, I've seen it before. And I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Carol says it in some of like the behind the scenes the, stuff. I think I think she said it in one of the trailers. The Yeah, but now of, I'm realizing yeah. it wasn't a behind the scenes thing. It just looked like she was standing in a theater, which she was. So yeah. I figured like, oh, they, they just shot this in a, in a theater and that's what their behind the scenes is going to look. But no, it's in the in the show. Yeah. Hey, I gotta tell you too before we get too far into this episode. Sure. The fact that there was a bad joke in there really made me proud, so I had to capture it. Oh, okay. Drink from the well, replenish the well. Once you've healed, of course. Of course, of course. All about the well. Well said, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. I, I, I feel like that's the uh, the exact reaction I get from you and Lou when I tell my bad zombie jokes. One of you growls like a tiger and the other one goes, Bob. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, just like Carol, when I first started hearing Ezekiel talk, and I don't want to skip to the end or anything, but I just gotta say, like, the way this place acts, like the people who are putting on the show of the kingdom, just the light that this show needed, you know? Cause yeah, oh yeah. No, you... no show can continue to... Like, Game of Thrones does this well does this stuff really well where you know no show can exist solely on just like heart-wrenching drama it's got to be like this isn't Grey's anatomy we need some we need some yeah. stuff in here to lighten it up and 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 game of thrones does that well enough but uh yeah i think that the walking well, dead I... could learn a few lessons and i think this episode is one of the, one of those lessons being being sort of reflected and it's like okay this is this is solid this is really good no, I think um, it was definitely a much lighter note. I think everyone was still kind of worried, too. And, you know, I think we all had a feeling it was going to be a little bit better getting to meet Ezekiel in the kingdom. But, man, oh, man, it was you, – you're watching and you're like kind of, eh, what, what's going to happen, <laughs> you know? And uh, it was good to not feel so intense about the whole episode. I, I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I love Ezekiel. I love – who they cast and how he kind of portrays Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all how I kind of envisioned him in the comics, but now if I go back and read the comics, it's going to be how I do it. <laughs> um, the guy does a phenomenal job, I think, of playing Ezekiel to a, mm-hmm. to a T, of how he should be played. The way he speaks, the dialogue, like just everything just screams, I'm a king, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and he, he, he plays the whole Renaissance thing really well. Um, and so do his loyal subjects too. It's just, it's, uh, he's got a tiger. <laughs> he also has a tiger, which I think they, I think the tiger looks great. Let's talk about the CG for a bit. Like the tiger looks pretty fantastic. I think they, they nailed it. Right. Like, Oh, that tiger, that tiger looks good. Yeah. I mean, it's not a real tiger and you can certainly tell, but there are moments where it just fits. <gasps> what? It's not. Well, there are moments where it's hard to tell. And there are moments no, I, where you can just look past it, but I think yeah, it just like looks really well done. I think it's well done. I think I think it's it works awesomely. Um, it's funny sitting down on the couch with my wife and we're watching it, and Morgan's going in and introducing her and everything, you know. And uh, it gets to Ezekiel, and the tiger pops up, and I look over at my wife, and she's looking at me, going, "I don't know what the hell's going on." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> No, it was, it was great because she was. She's like, uh, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this guy is great." <laughs> and uh, she's like, "You say that about every new character." I'm like, "I know, they're all so great." But it was definitely <clears throat> interesting that they're using the the Morgan and Carol kind of hating each other in a weird, awkward way throughout the whole episode because mm-hmm. um, you almost forgot for a minute that. Carol tried to kill Morgan, you know, yeah. and uh, and you remember like quickly remember like oh shit yeah they didn't they they weren't on great terms before, and um, no like they were trying to kill each other pretty hardcore yeah not too and long like ago. yeah exactly so now Morgan's actually taking care of her which is which is kind of funny, um, yeah, I forgot about all that stuff that happened but um they do a good job i think in the show of you know trying not to be too too awkward i love when uh, morgan goes on that supply run with the pigs <laughs> and 
everyone's kind of questioning. I could just tell everyone's questioning, like, why are they feeding the pigs walkers, you know? And uh, turns out that they're giving them to Negan's people. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a again like a good nod to the fact that this saviors and Negan's people people are going to be the big baddie this season, without you know dredging up some terrible stuff. Now it seems like the people collecting from the kingdom are on a better relationship uh, at, at a better stance, where you know Ezekiel Ezekiel is respecting. The fact that these guys are bad and kind of being like, okay, here's your here's your stuff, leave us alone slash protect us if that's actually what they're doing. But uh, yeah, it was a good exchange between teams, and some, there was still tension there. Well, uh, I think um, I, we don't know exactly how the whole thing started yet um, mm-hmm. between the saviors and the kingdom, and <clears throat> you know, and uh, unfortunately for us, the first time we meet the saviors is. You know, they try and kill one person, and, you know, Rick goes and kills, like, 60 of them. So we never really got the how Negan normally introduces himself to the team, you know? and It um, sounds like he did it without killing anybody for the kingdom. Yeah. Because Ezekiel's the only... Ezekiel and his close subjects are the only ones that know about the deal with the saviors. Like, he's kept it quiet. Yeah, very quiet. And which is... uh, smart on Ezekiel's part, but you can also tell there's some tension in the kingdom, too, with how things are there. Uh, you got Jerry, who's just... I don't think Jerry realizes it's an, it's, it's an apocalypse out there. <laughs> He's just, like, throwing up deuces, walking around, making funny jokes, uh, carrying a nice, you know, medieval-looking axe, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is great. Um, like you said, it's that whole Renaissance feel to it. Um, but there's definitely some tension within the kingdom ranks, and I think that's going to that's going to come out in future episodes too. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I, I really appreciated that they kept it in there. The saviors is like, a, no, it's still a, it's a main issue without yeah. know, oversaturating it. And, and I know like the kingdom's got a good deal, but even in this episode, they make mention that like, if they don't produce on time, someone will die and it'll be the guy who picked a fight with one of the saviors. So, it's still there and Ezekiel wants to protect his people and he's got a good thing going and uh, so I think he's going to be able to provide certain things but the fact that they're still like getting back at the saviors by feeding the pigs walker guts like their their main point was like no we want to fill it with rot so they can take these pigs it's like ugh gross yeah and it's funny because you at first you have no idea why he wants to fill it with rot you're like why would you do that to your own people yeah. Uh, they weren't even taking pigs to their own people. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> what do you think? There's got to be some crossover between the kingdom and Rick's group at some point, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So you think that's part of the, the war kind of that's coming up with um, what everyone's waiting for, the big brawl between Negan and Rick? Well, I think, yeah, I think that's where Ezekiel is even makes reference to it and that he says like he doesn't want to tell his people about the saviors and and i don't even think ezekiel makes this point i think it's someone morgan's talking to he doesn't want to let everybody know about the saviors because they'll want to fight and a lot of people will die and they might win they might lose but a lot of people will die and i think that that rick is a great leader and rick's got a lot of people around him and if there's one thing rick's going to be able to do it's combining this big world out there like that's the thing that's missing right now is you have these little communities sort of spread around and the savior's sort of like keeping tabs on everything and there isn't that sort of like power to bring everyone together um and i think rick's rick or part of rick's group are going to be able to sort of convince the powers that be i'm looking forward to rick and and ezekiel's first meeting (laughs) because it's like i know right if we think that's Carol and Morgan's reaction to the whole like King Ezekiel thing. Um, I I just want to see everybody's reaction to it. I just I want every episode where King is just even fifteen minutes is just a new character being introduced to King Ezekiel to see their response. Just to see them like, and they got to get introduced just like Carol was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my thing is, uh, I wouldn't say this was a boring episode. Uh, not a lot happened that you can really kind of talk about. When I first started, um, it was Carol like having weird flashbacks of walkers turning into people. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? That was kind of weird, huh? I don't know. I I, I don't. I I think it's. 
it's obviously like they're trying to illustrate like you know the hallucinations of losing blood and stuff but um but do you think it means she's gonna go back to carol that doesn't really kick ass and take names i think it's trying to show an unhinged carol like kind of a carol that um is losing touch with reality a little bit and she needs to be pulled back and i think by the end of the episode we see her get pulled back enough where she's not completely crazy but still a little bit out there yeah, the clip I played was from the end where Ezekiel was kind of talking to Carol, basically saying, listen, I put up this whole front because the people need it, you know? Uh, he doesn't actually talk like a king. He talks like a normal person, but, you know, he puts everything on there and does it for the people to make them feel safe and comfortable. And I, I um, honestly, considering the crazy people that we've come across in this in this series, I did not see that coming. And I am the worst person to look ahead and kind of think, oh, he's putting on a voice. But yeah. like when he when he switches back and it's it's a very subtle switch, but it's enough that you're like, oh, he is putting on an act, and I thought that was amazing. I thought it was, it was great. great, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <clears throat> it was it um, was it was the much needed like break in. Okay, we're back to reality. He is actually putting on a show, and most people well, probably that's, know that. That's just it because the whole time you're like, how, why, you know? And it's just one of those things. Like, am I going to be able to listen to this guy who thinks he's a king for the next? you know 16 episodes or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh it was good to to hear him kind of talk like that afterwards to be like like you said wow he is sane <laughs> yeah um, but then they have carol living in a house like right outside of it right outside of the kingdom yeah like she's craving this alone time for some reason yeah. like she just needs to be left alone like that's what she was explaining to morgan's like i don't have to kill if i don't have to defend other people because other people forced me to kill to defend and yeah um her being off on her own plays well to where her character's at and what she thinks she needs but but until the very very end it's like how is this going to work narratively like carol just disappears for six episodes and then she shows up like i fixed it guys my brain's all good now and i'm gonna save the day (laughs) and we can't do that again it's already happened two or three times but She's going to come in there after three or four episodes and say, You want cookies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that Ezekiel called her on her bullshit of, like, pretending to be the, you know, defenseless, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, motherly figure and whatnot. And it's, I love it. I was like, finally, someone saw through that shit because clearly um, she knows what she's doing. They're definitely playing with some chemistry there, huh? The two yeah. of them. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I, I dig that. I dig that chemistry. I think it's, it's awesome. Carol kind of deserves, although I guess like she and Daryl were pretty close, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, they. I think they played with that for a while on um, when the first couple seasons happened. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but nothing ever came of that, and uh, I like the. I like. I just like the chemistry between the two characters and even the actors. It's just they do really well. Um, the guy who plays Ezekiel is, is freaking fantastic, and. Uh, the the end the ending scene again is just complete and other like binary you know change in comparison to last week's episode where it's like yeah this is positivity this is funny this is uh, just glowing uh, in terms of what we experienced last week and just seeing Ezekiel show up with Shiva outside the kingdom to surprise Carol with you got to try the pomegranate and then cut to black and it's like I yeah. <laughs> a welcome change, a welcome sort of introduced introduction to new characters, and a welcome change to Carol's character, which I, I was not appreciating Carol for for quite a while. She just she was too like too distant, too creepy, too crazy, um, too like you know I'm gonna put this mask on and become a completely different like too chameleon, like changing into different things just to yeah. survive. Well, that's that, I'd like yeah. to see her go back. Yeah, that's a good point because like you have Rick that's already crazy. Yeah, um, you don't he need another. In and out every couple episodes. <clears throat> yeah, you don't need another one. Um, it's interesting now looking at it and seeing how you know the comic books differ from uh, some of the TV show when it comes to relationships and um, kind of what's going on, but how it still kind of stays the same. I'm excited for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to get some really good idea of what's going to happen. Uh, so you and I were kind of talking, too, before the show. Uh, last week, we were talking about 
how hard it's going to be to kind of move on from these characters being dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're already feeling better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling better, and uh, I'm sure all of that sort of guilt and trauma will come back when they do return to Rick's group. And, and honestly, it doesn't sound like we will be returning for at least another week. Like, next week is supposed to be sanctuary. The Daryl, yeah. yeah. And then, you're going to get a you're going to get a little of that emotion again, but I think so, but not, you know, but it'll be a probably a darker episode again. Um but not as dark as the premiere. I think it'll be tough to go that dark this quickly, <clears> but yeah, this was just a much needed break and um I don't think we get the Glenn Abraham excuse me, the Glenn Abraham resolution we were looking for until you know, mid-November. Like we're still got another episode of okay, here's some more story of other characters. Like, now we're checking in on Dwight and Daryl. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they hold off on the whole Daryl thing, but I'm sure Daryl, I think it was your and Lou's prediction that Daryl is taking over for another character that does some has some interactions with Sanctuary, um, which I think is... Um, yeah, so, no. no. There's... Um, there's a relationship that Negan forms with one of the characters in the comic book that I thought maybe Daryl would fit that role, but I actually I don't know if he's going to or not. Um, Lou thinks Daryl's going to be dead by the end of the, the mid-season here. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little worried about the show right now. I hate it when it's broken up into so many different parts. I think we've talked about this before. Well, they've got um, at least three now. Like <clears throat> that's what I'm saying, and that's that's a little too much. Well, four um, actually, when you think about it, because you got Alexandra, Hilltop, the Kingdom, and now Sanctuary. Yeah, because and it, Hilltop and Alexandria are different. Because unless they don't go back to Alexandria until they get back from Hilltop. Well, the thing is, is like even with our survivors being separated, you have um, like Heath and all them that have no idea what happened. Oh, um, frig! I forgot about them too. You, yeah, you have Rick's group who are probably going back towards Hilltop. You have Daryl who's separated. You have Morgan who's separated from Carol who's separated. Now I'm sure Morgan and Carol will still be in the Kingdom storyline together, but that's. We're at that point again where there's so many things to follow, and when you only have what eight episodes before it starts, you know, to, before it goes back to the mid-season finale, mm-hmm. um, it it's gonna stretch it out too much. I think you know we're we're gonna get an episode of Daryl, then an episode of Rick, then an episode of Morgan. Like I don't know how long it's gonna take for them to come together, mm-hmm. um, but I hope it's not too long because we dealt with this before the prison where everyone was kind of separated. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely like, whew. We had to wait <laughs> weeks for resolution. Like, we've right. now had to wait a week. Now, it's not going to be it's not gonna be as bad as in comparison to the, the time difference between season six and seven. But right. But waiting a week to see the fallout of what happened in the premiere, I still think it sucks having to wait. And we, I think we'll get a taste next week, but not the, not the full reaction we're looking for, like, you know, right. I, I, I think what you're going to see is like when Tara and uh, Heath return with the supplies from their supply run, it's going to be the same episode that Negan comes collecting. And that's going to be kind of this hard, this harsh look at the fact that like, yeah, all the hard work you did while we were out getting, you know, killed. Yeah. All of it now belongs to Negan. And yeah. and I think that's going to be the, does, uh, the punch pull. Does Tara even know Denise is dead? I can't remember. She doesn't know. She's been out. Oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's. I don't know. That's the, my big concern with the show right now. It's not the characters, the deaths, everything like that. It's it's like, are we gonna try and drag out this season longer than what it should be, kind of thing? You know, where they've been infamous for doing that, like with the governor, they they stretch things out too long, and people start getting a little outraged. You know, and like you said, the fact that we don't have we we didn't get to see Rick after the initial Negan. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't get to see. We have no resolution for that. We we don't we don't even know about Daryl till three weeks in. You know, it's it's just tough. It gets really uh, frustrating as a viewer. I think sometimes when you're like, I just want to know everything right now. 
Yeah, it was, and it's the same thing we felt like six months ago when season six ended. It's like, no, I want to know now. And I think, you know, knowing the full picture, we were we were satisfied with the way that, okay, yes, I like the bookend, you know, of season six ending and season seven beginning. It was very powerful. And uh, I, I think waiting a couple of weeks is fine. Um, we'll, we'll survive. And uh, But I do agree with you. It, it feels like they're setting up this slow pace that we both hate. Um, yeah. Whether they continue to to do that, we'll see. Uh, I think the proof in the pudding will be next week when we get to Sanctuary. And I think those moments of Sanctuary will take place after what happened in the premiere. So we will be getting some sort of follow-up. And it's interesting that they're choosing the Sanctuary side to follow up with first. Um, yeah. But I think we need some Negan backstory a bit, and they'll probably do a bit of that. Uh and I and you know what I envision next week's episode being filled with Neganisms that we'll be able to clip out uh, and have <laughs> such as uh, which one would you like, Ryan? Uh, uh, and a hatchet, a uh, hatchet, a uh, hatchet. Now <laughs> I just want to let you know that I'm not going to let you uh, request clips anymore because I will shut that shit down. Yeah, no exceptions. Okay, no exceptions. No, no exceptions. Not even if I'm wearing this cool blanket. um so i'm actually kind of curious as to what some of our listeners are thinking too because this episode was good it was light it was uh easy to watch uh made me feel like there was hope in the world um i like the kingdom i like the characters that we've met so far in the kingdom i think it's going to be interesting to get these communities because you you have to know this is what we're building up to right like Hilltop's going to have to work with Alexandria, is going to have to work with the kingdom because they're all going to be dealing with the saviors. And you know that they're all going to have to kind of cross paths. That's a lot of big personalities to cross paths with. <laughs> um, so I just want to know if you guys out there listening who watch the show, do you guys think there's too much going on? Do you think the pacing's going to be off? Uh, I'm just curious what everyone thinks about where we're at right now. Now that the big cliffhanger is behind us yeah so uh, i would be curious to hear as well yeah so there and we'll we'll get into that now i mean unless you have anything else you want to say about uh, about the show ryan no just a a fantastic episode. i will shut that shit down (laughs) okay well i yeah no i i don't want to disrespect uh (laughs) the host no i actually didn't have anything Uh, thank you for shutting that shit down mr negan yeah, he does own uh, half our podcast now. So oh f- shit, I forgot he does yeah. own half the. Well, then uh, we should probably mention that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast because you know um, we uh, we have to <laughs> we have need, our once a week offering. We need to, we need to produce. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but seriously, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. Thank you to the patrons, our lovely patrons, who are uh, donating monthly to this fine show. I think it's fine. Uh, maybe you disagree but yeah head over there and throw your support if you are uh, looking to throw some support this way um if you're listening to us on alpha geek you can catch us on channel three throughout the day uh it'll pop on every once in a while if you're listening to the 24-hour stream you can go to our website zombies which i promise will be getting some sort of attention before the end of the year we're working mm-hmm. on it. Email your thoughts like Bob had requested, info at zombiesamonpodcast.com. We're always twecking the twecking. We're always checking the social <laughs> media. Uh, maybe Bob's right. Do, uh, full day of podcasting. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast. Like us on Facebook uh, at uh, Zombies Ama Podcast. You can follow us uh, individually on Twitter. Myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the fantastic artwork you're staring at right now. You can go find more of his stuff, JoelDuggan.com. dot com. Thank you, Ryan Murphy. This is normal. I ask Lou Page if he has any last words. Well, you're eating for cabbage, but my cabbage is always fun. Oh, Lou. It's you a productive your, day, I think. You and your cabbage. Today was a productive productive damn day <laughs> i told you no more requesting clips does it make me does it make me a bad person to say i miss jeffrey d morgan no and i think that's kind of the funny thing now is we're, we're looking back at some of the some of the stuff that he said in his performance and uh it, it's just one of those things where we're gonna have so many clips of a guy that's just killing our survivors one by one can i get one and, more uh, clip just play one more clip all I right what do you so much you want to 
I'll go with uh, your favorite. Uh, hatchet? <laughs> I remember because I sent the email to you, and I'm just like, I need a hatchet? <laughs> and he's just like, okay. And he gave me the shut the shit down one as well, and I was like, yes. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. I have to. Uh... Hey, uh, you okay to hang tight? I need to send a fax to Cleveland. <laughs> Did they win? The, the the Cubs or I don't know. That's going on right now. The baseball, the, the the sports ball. No, yeah, Cleveland Indians <laughs> are playing right now, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's oh, game the Cubs seven right up, now, man. The Cubs are up six three. Look Uh-oh. at us being topical. Hey, <laughs> all right, let's close this thing down. I would, but uh, my soundboard just quit when uh, I tried playing your sound file there. So you're going to have to wait one second. Hey. <laughs> oh, I was worried we were going to get a bad zombie joke. What was that? I said I was worried we were going to get a bad zombie joke. Incoming bad zombie joke. I have more community jokes. Sweet. <laughs> Run them down. Uh, yeah, well, here's another one. Um, <clears throat> some of these I don't remember if I've talked about before <laughs> or if I've said before. But luckily, they're all really good. Hey, Ryan. Right? What's up? What do you call... Well said. No. Um, what do you call an extremely well-dressed zombie? Um, dressed to kill? I don't know. <gasps> Dressed to kill. Uh, <laughs> I am the master of bad zombie jokes. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Lou always thinks they're funny when he's not around. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I will shut that shit down. Okay, we've gone over an hour. Uh, Negan owns 30 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. so.